this particular subject I've titled The Human Aura and the Ifrit Double. Many of you have heard of what the aura is. Some of you have not heard what the Ifrit Double is, so I will have to explain that. Before I get into the Ifrit Double, I will point out that everything that is alive has an aura. Planets have auras. And of course, if you go out in a spaceship and look down upon this planet, it's got this beautiful blue, light blue, shimmering glow. And that is a physical plane aura caused by the atmosphere. But if you also have clairvoyant vision, you'll actually see this rainbow hue that comes from the earth. All plants, all things alive have auras. There's a difference between the human aura and the auras of living things in general, in that the human aura is governed by the emotions, coloured totally by the emotions. And when we speak of the aura, as far as human beings go, we're speaking about the way the emotions are seen as bands of colour around the human being. We could also look at the aura of the mind, the mental body, the way people think, also have aura, auric colourings. And these colourings to do with the mind is far subtler and actually intrinsically far more beautiful than the colourings of the human aura. All of the dimensions of perception, which I have in one of these charts here, um, have their associated colourings. The higher you get into the realms of divinity, the more sublime, the more beautiful the colour, absolutely exquisite almost indescribable, even those of you who have taken drugs cannot envision the, 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 the absolute intense luminosity of, of these higher planes. And there are colours on the inner realms that don't exist on the physical plane. After all, this is the most dense and grossest of all of the planes of perception. Now, the Ephric double is quite easily seen by anyone who's taken marijuana. Certainly the, uh, those heads that uh, alters your vision. And basically the epic double is the energy body around a person. And most people that are tripping, they see this energy field everywhere and they're playing it and their mind automatically adapts it into what is in their mind. It changes into images and things like that. But when you control that, you actually see the energy the way it truly is coming from being. The Ifric double in the average human being is substance, which we call Ifric, and there's four states of ether, and the four plus the gaseous, liquid, and dense of the physical plane make the seven subplanes of the physical as the way that we who are occultists or esotericists look at things. Now, the grossest of these subtle forms of matter, you can see if you look at your finger or at your hand or at somebody's head, but it's best to put your hand on a blank sheet of paper, and you can do it with what you've got there. And if you look just a little bit away from your hand, you defocus with your eye on the, the blank parts. If you defocus with your eye and look just a little bit away from your hand, up to, up to about a quarter of an inch, away, you'll see this little transparent band of light. Just defocusing, you should see this band of light. And you look very carefully, you'll see little lines of energy coming from that, or through that transparent band. Now, that energy is called prana. And the actual 
transparent band is the etheric double. It goes right through the body and the chakras and the nadi system exist in this etheric double. Sometimes it's confused with the aura, but it's not. And some of you might have heard of Kalurian photography where some scientists many years ago, 20, 30 years ago, have um, got this very high voltage equipment and put hands and things on and cut leaves in half and then you'd see half of the, uh, the patterning of the leaf. Or, you know. Now these things uh, are the energy body coming from the, the leaf or the hand or whatever to do with the ethic double. And it's highly, uh, highly magnified and distorted by means of their equipment. Now, the little lines of energy that come from the etheric double are energy is vitality. It's the vitality that's coming from the human being. Animals also have this vitality and so do plants. And when you are clairvoyant and you look at this, and you can also practice with, um, with your intoxicated states, um, you can look a little bit away from your hand and look very carefully and you can play with your fingers and you may see little lightning flashes going from finger to finger. Um, when I was uh, tripping in those days and sort of altered my consciousness to see the reality, there'd be nice violet electrical flashes and you can feel them as, as little pings of electricity going from fingertip to fingertip or from hand to hand if you bring it close to someone. You can experiment this way yourselves um, with this etheric energy, with this electrical energy that all beings possess. When somebody is very healthy, then the energy that comes from it comes almost in straight lines. And when people are sick, the energy is sort of wavy and, you know, it's all over the place and not much power behind it. And when one has this type of vision, one can clearly see those types of energy vibrations coming from people and from plants and things. And you know that something is sick. And of course, when people are sick, they don't, you don't need to see these things. You can generally tell anyway. But what you're actually telling, um, what you're actually sensing around that person is the quality of their aura. And it's the auric state in general that we look at uh, when we're trying to heal people. That's probably enough for the etheric double. Uh, as I said, there are actually four ethers and they exist in increasing subtleties and different colours. The general colouring of the etheric realm is violet and, uh, and the chakras exist in four different levels according to the subtleties of the grades of substance in which they form. Chakras are psychic. Centres, doorways into perception of the higher dimensions. Now, there are two ways of seeing the aura. Incidentally, it does not take real clairvoyance to be able to see the aura. Some people, there's a book, for instance, called The Human Aura um, by Kilner, and it was written back in the 1920s. And this particular doctor invented a screen uh, with a particular dye in it through which you've defocused your eyes and you can actually see these colours if you're careful enough around human beings and he described many of them. But it's essentially a, a focus of the eye, an aspect of the eye. If the eye defocuses enough and if you're stoned enough <laughs> um, or if you're tripping enough, 
you will see these colours or you can see these colours. Generally the problem is with nearly everyone is that they're not trained to see anything and when they see the colours, their mind twists what they see in terms of what the images or the concrete patterns in their mind actually is. And then so they see the coloured images on walls and things like that instead of aura as it really is. So one way of seeing the aura is through a mechanism in the eye and you can take drugs for this and there's many good books that speak of these type of psychic phenomena and through the awakening of drugs. Another mechanism is through chakras and it's seen through certain minor chakras. There's no major chakras needed to be awakened to see the aura. And if you see that, then basically you have to go inwards into yourself and you lose consciousness for a few seconds and then you go out into this clairvoyant space. And then you can see the gross aura and you suspect or you can be hit by many other types of emanations from everywhere around. You're very psychically sensitive to any emanation in the air. And the third way, which is the way I generally do it, is to, um, you have the inner vision, a flash of revelation in your mind. And very quickly, you get a perception of the entire aura of a human being, and you see very quickly the colours, and your mind registers and explains very quickly, analyses the meaning of the colours. I've handed out a broadsheet, as we call it in English here, on the aura, and on the back of it, you have the meaning of the colours. The way to look at the human aura is very similar as looking at the Ifrit double. You want dim lights, you don't want bright lights, candlelight or something like that, or very, very dim lights, and you sit with a neutral background behind you, something like these walls here, take off any clothing that's really brightly coloured, and either naked or near naked or something that's really, really light in colour, so that the colours that you wear do, do not interfere with the mechanism of the eye. In the eye there's um, what's called rods and cones, and if you focus too much on one colour, like this green here, um, the eye will very soon tire of seeing the green, you'll see red instead. And if you're looking at pretty clothings, you'll see the opposite complementary colours and think that's the aura, and it's just simply not the case. <laughs> So the best way to do it again is that you defocus your eyes, look a little bit away from your hand or a person's head. The hand and the head are the best places to start looking a little bit away from that. And um, you're looking about two to three inches away from the head or the hand. And don't think too much about looking. Defocus, lose your consciousness, go into a type of semi-dream state and just, just stare if you wish and suddenly colours may flick into your vision, into your gaze. And um, if you only see one colour, like say pale yellow all around or uh, sort of a lemon green or whatever, that is not the aura. You really need to concentrate and see different colours and bands of colours coming from, say, the hand. Generally, if you're looking at the hand, which is a good, there may be a part of the aura, a different colour coming from the fingertips. And then from, say, the, the first set of digits downwards to say where the wrist of the hand is, a different colour and then suddenly a whole new colouring coming after that. And 
that's, uh, those are the sort of guarantees to make sure you're actually seeing the aura. And if you can hold that in consciousness for longer than a, a fraction of a second, uh, you've seen something. Mm. It takes a bit of practice, and everyone, I think, certainly here, uh, because you are new age people with with very heightened sense of consciousness, can actually begin to see these types of colours and begin to analyse them, the meaning of them, with this chart I have given. Incidentally, the definition of, an, of the aura is really that it is a radiatory um, sphere of energy, or radiatory energy that emanates from the body. And it has no real colour of its own as such. It's the mind that quickly translates it into colour. And the colour can also be seen, on, and later on when we go into thought form, to sort of seen as musical notes. Every person has their own musical sort of scale around them. So colour and sound, sound and colour is all that we really are when it's united by consciousness. Everything is transitory, everything is illusionary, everything is always changing. And in this philosophy, and Buddhism is also what I'm talking about, you're talking about transitory changeability of everything. And the aura itself is always moving, it is not static. Now, the aura, as I mentioned at the beginning of this talk, is really the effect of, or the colorings of your emotions, people's emotional moods. Whatever, whenever you manifest emotions, they are the corresponding colors. And habitual emotions reinforce themselves. There's mental emotions, there's sensuality, which is essentially emotion, and there's also aspects of the aura to do with the organs, the physical plane organs, that we can go into later when you look inside the body when one is actually trying to heal aspects of the body. Now, when you're actually looking at people's auras, you, as I said, you're essentially looking at the way their emotions are. And much can be gleaned from looking at the aura, of course, much about that person. And the aura cannot lie. There's no way a per person can possibly hide that auric state unless they manifest strong sort of emotions which sort of suddenly swallow over, but then you can see that what is happening. Right, best lie detector in the world, <laughs> really. Now, most people's auras are roughly the same. Everyone has got, from the whole, you know, strong sexual appetite. And so around the hips here, there's this brick red here. It's a deep red colouring of sensuality. And depending on how sexual a person really is, so the extent of the brick red swirls around that person. And um, when people are very, very sensual, that whole energy is just almost pH, permeates the entire aura. And anyone that has any sort of um, sensitivity to auras you know, sees that immediately. And most people, even if they don't, they have an intuitive feeling, can feel that, that vibe, what you call vibes, coming from a person. And um, so that's another colour that's actually quite well seen. And therefore we get such terms as scarlet woman for prostitutes because of the large amount of brick red that's, that's in the, the sensual regions. And we get such um, phrases in English as uh, a green thumb 
for people who are gardeners. And what they have coming out of their fingertips is the green energy, which allows them to work very much with um, nature. You get red with rage because the colouring, the auric colouring of anger is red. It's this vivid red here. And people shoot this out of their aura when they're angry. Now, this is one of the things I do want to um, point out, is that each of us uh, have got these physical bodies. And we interrelate physically, we can touch each other and smile and so forth. But our auric substance is only loosely held around us, depending on the strength of our emotions or the strength of our emotional control. The auric substance generally goes to about two, three feet outside the person, but it can go much further or be much less depending on the type of emotionality. Now, when people are very, very uh, laughing, for instance, everyone's laughing and having a good time and carrying on, they're shooting out streams of this auric substance of laughter or this anger, it's the same thing. If you've just gone into the room where there's been a people have been all laughing and joking, they stopped, and you walk in, you immediately feel this energy. If somebody's been angry and you walk into the room, that energy of the anger actually hits you. It's still there. And you're actually attacked by other people's emotions. You absorb each other's auric substance as lovers. You take it into your body when you lie that close to each other. Now, if your auric substance clashes with your lover, then there's problems. There's, there's a, a, a sort of a jarring energy there. And you feel it if you're emotional with someone else and you sometimes come into contact with people you don't seem to like much even though you don't really know them because their aura and your aura are clashing at different colours. Now, this subject of auric substance coming out of an individual is very important because in it lies um, much of the causes of sicknesses of people. Uh, much of the ability for people to manipulate other people. For instance, um, you know, I often, with my vision, I'm sort of watch many things that most people don't see, and a lot of it's sexual play, and, uh, and I'll be watching this, these energies coming from someone sometimes, you know, there's a strong sexual sort of game going on, and out of the, the, the hips comes these little hooks, sort of, um, sort of grabbing hold of, of, say, the woman's sort of genital areas or whatever, and it's already there, and um, it's, this energy is already coming out. And you can see it um, when you start to get your vision quite strongly what's actually happening. Um, so it's good for most of you that you don't see <laughs> auras that well because um, you're actually beginning to enter into this world of where people are actually at, truly speaking. And um, most of what people emanate, a lot of what people emanate is not very pleasant to look at. The auras are quite murky. A lot of people are very selfish in their orientation. And this selfish energy is this type of um, grey-green sort of colour with, with red spots in it. You know, some terrible colours. And when you see a lot of that in a, in a purple person's aura, you know, fundamentally their motivation is selfish. They don't need to talk to, to you on the whole. Um, you say, well, avoid that person. <laughs> uh, that person is out for a ride and he'll take from you whatever they want for themselves. And on the whole, the more 
base the color. The more deep and murky the color, the more base the emotions. And so the person themselves, they're a type that, that, that sort of uh, can be violent or whatever, very quickly, very, very base moment. The more lighter the color, more like air, like the, the, the blue sky, um, the more radiatory the, the being, the more loving the person, the cleaner the aura, and the aura becomes brighter and brighter and starts to extend out instead of just being two feet and maybe two yards away from the individual. And the aura of an enlightened being, for instance, the Buddha's aura was something like three miles, <laughs> just radiatory energy all around him. And when you enter into that auric sphere, there's just a sense of peace, tranquility. These great enlightened beings, they've transmitted all these gross emotions. Matter of fact, in them, emotions don't exist because that's the way of enlightenment. You calm the emotions, you completely still the emotions, and you bring in higher energies. The energies of enlightenment take their place. The emotions are perfectly under control. And so in comes very, very intense radiatory energy, and that comes out as a very radiatory healing aura. And this is the path that I want everyone here to tread to think consciously about the type of aura they emanate, the type of aura they're building. Do they want a very muddy, murky, gross aura of lots of hooks being sent out, lots of avarice and you know, these, these, these base colorings which anyone with any vision can see so clearly? Um, and, or do they want to have very, very clean, radiatory, sparkling energy in the aura that heals everything in sight? Well, I was getting also to the fact that that when people are always shooting out their auric substance, this energy from them, these colours into other people and into the atmosphere in general, and it comes out often in these these swirls, swirls of eddies, and so these these whirlpools exist in their aura, and which and as it comes, what it does is it weakens the organ, the physical organ associated with that part of the body. So if you're always sort of laughing and all the rest of it, you're actually really weakening your stomach. And that's where you're going to get sickness and diseases. The whole area there is being devitalized, drained of its energy pool, drained of the energy that needs to keep the physical body healthy. Right? You're always shooting it out. So even if you're you know, a really jolly, sort of you know, happy type of person, but you're always emotional, you know, then you're bound to get sick. It's inevitable. Um, the sicknesses are inflammation. Um, you get coughs and cancers and things like that. If you are always depressed, what happens is you build this auric jails around you of grey energy. It sort of bands go up and down. And again, it causes congestion. It forces this auric substance into the body, into the organ, and more and more substances congealed. And you get certain types of sicknesses associated with that. Um, tuberculosis is one of them that's, uh, these types of sicknesses where you're congested with a lot of mucus inside the uh, chest cavities for instance so what is needed with regards to this um, subject of building the aura for all of you if you want to keep healthy is to have control of your emotions and be actors and actresses in this stage and always be aware of the fact that um, you may be having a very good time if you're totally intoxicated in, in laughter and whatever, but someday you're going to be paying for that energy dis dissipation. 
and generally it's not that far around the corner because flus and things like that come and they come because everyone's been given off this energy. Now, the, the whole world is engrossed in this type of emotional interplay. Nations produce you know, hatred and antipathy to other nations. Um, we're always sending off energies into the atmosphere. And this substance that human beings are always creating and always sending out uh, creates what we call the astral plane. And over the millennia, over the thousands and thousands of years of human evolution, we have created for ourselves all the heavens and hells of all the religions. So this auric substance fused with mind, with people's imaginations. It's what people go to when they die and they think they're getting, seeing God and all the rest of it, created by human emotions and human ideas. And yes, you travel and you can travel to these realms. Um, at night everyone does it, apart from those that go to higher realms and what's called the silver cord. For those of you who have read the Bible, it's mentioned in the book of Ecclesiastes. That the silver cord is loose and the golden bowl is cut. Um, it relates to death state. Um, but anyway, this silver cord is anchored here in the solar plexus. The solar plexus is the chakra that governs the entire emotional body. Um, all the little chakras, all are controlled by the solar plexus. Is what we call the abdominal brain. Right, and it's the, the head or the brain of the animal kingdom. Now, therefore, it's the center of power for Tai Chi and many martial arts. And um, those of you who read such books as um, the, uh, the, you know, the teachings of Don Yuan, Eagle's Gift and so forth, Carlos Castaneda's works, um, that type of shamanistic magic has all got to do with the solar plexus because it's astral plane magic. Magic to do with the control of the energies associated with the aura and auric substance created by human beings on a vast scale. The astral plane, which all of you have probably heard of, is really the plane of perception associated with people's emotions that have been created by people's emotions through time immemorial. And when people go to sleep, they go into this realm, and when people die, the astral, the silver cord is severed. They go into it permanently and they come back later on and reincarnate. But you can also trip and leave your body and go into the space and talk to other entities that exist naturally in this realm. And so that's another aspect of the aura, if you wish, but it's another subject that's associated with this. Going back to the colorings of the aura, the best area I said to look at the, is the hand and around the head. Generally, the colouring around the head is a yellow colour, a very deep light yellow, a very deep, a very, I mean a very light yellow, a lemon yellow, generally means very high spirituality. It's a very clear, clean energy and it generally these people are about two to three feet around their head. And for saints, um, the energy is so intense that is actually often seen with the physical eye. Therefore, when you look at the uh, Christian images, for instance, of their saints, and you'll see this gold and yellow color, nearly always gold or yellow, that they've painted around their head, this halo. 
And that's because the aura is actually quite bright in these beings and very close to, to the physical um, energy that you see around. So it's relatively easy to see. There's some colors that are easier to see than the others. I've mentioned the brick red of sensuality, and this is another color that's relatively easy to see. For most people, they're intellectual, and those intellectual types, they have much more orange in the head aura. And when there's high spirituality, the coloring often is cut about here, and there's a blue, light, very light blue on top, and sometimes with beautiful feelers, sometimes I, I can call them, um, of aspiration going to higher realms. And so it's light blue tinged with violet, and that's the highest of spirituality. It really is intuitional qualities, and that being, if you ever see that color, you know that color, that being is basically a saint or a very, very enlightened being. Most people's auras are much, a little bit duller, though the yellow is there. It's just a little bit heavier in its emanation. So as you work upon yourselves, as you work to become more and more awakened, more and more light and more and more spiritual, your whole aura becomes light. Your whole being becomes light. You're always tripping, always dancing, uh, because you feel so light inside. And when you feel heavy and these, these, these depression energies are around you, that aura is quite it's thick and opaque. Right? So one is transparent, lucent, lucid, and the other one is just thick and opaque and it's just around you. If you're looking at somebody as an alcoholic, for instance, or they've been sort of busy sort of in that type of world, what they have around them generally is this almost like a grey rain cloud. It just follows them everywhere and it's sort of very thick, sort of cloud-like energy just around them. And um, when you see that, often also it means dull consciousness when that's around them. People that are very sensual, they're always thinking about sex. They have this brick red, sometimes a grey, always like them, a cloud just swirling around them all the time. That's all they're into. And um, so when you see these types of colourings, it gives you an idea quickly of where a person's at. And sometimes if you can see these types of auric colourings, you say, oh, well, I'll avoid that person. <laughs> uh, just let them go by and uh, I'll look for these people with nice bright colours. And it's really lovely to actually sit in a room where everyone's colours are just vibrant. Mm. Unfortunately, mostly, I often do see this dullness of consciousness. Um, when you're stoned, basically that's what you're doing. You're dulling your consciousness and you're zapping out at another level um, because the high vibrancy cannot be reached through, through drugs. It's not possible. For that, you need to clean the body of all forms of toxins. Incidentally, with regards to, to people that are tripping or stoned, the colouring that's generated there is a violet colour. And if um, somebody is stoned and you're looking at it orically, you'll generally see in the eyes or across their face like this a band of violet. And you can see this sort of violet colouring. Um, it uh, means that they're in some sort of trance or they're clairvoyantly perceiving something. They're just essentially out of their bodies. Um, and the lighter the violet, the, the more natural the, the visioning. And the deeper the violet, the more to do with the drug world. So, um, so these sorts of uh, just indications of, of what's happening to the person. When you actually begin to see the aura, most people actually are thinking all the time. And when I get to the subject of thought forms, what all pop out of their heads is all these little thoughts. And all these thoughts, these flashes and different symbols are what they're thinking. And when you can read the colors of the aura and you know a little bit about symbology, you can actually quickly interpret what they're thinking just simply by these little things that are coming out of their heads. So the, 
these these forts or being sent out whenever somebody thinks up comes this little fort and goes to whoever you're um, sending it to. When you um, are strongly attracted to someone, um, as lovers, for instance, your auric energy just sort of shoots out towards that person, especially if you're desirous of that person. And when it's reciprocated, you're, it's, you both feel really wonderful because you're in love and you're sending all this beautiful... Um, this colour here, this pink energy with flashes of red sort of all around each other and it's sort of just swirling around. And it's a lovely sight actually. Um, it's a beautiful feeling, it's an exhilarating feeling, but it's also actually quite, quite beautiful because with that comes, you know, when it's, it's what people call love, you know, these flashes of light and all the rest of it that, that um, dazzle the, the night. <laughs> so, so this colour yellow and orange is generally seen around the head, the deeper the orange, or if there's somebody who's really scientific and really intellectual, you know, the type of person who's got a thick concrete um, materialistic skull and is a scientist and doesn't believe in anything to do with religion and, but, you know, incredible intellect, um, that is a very deep orange. And sometimes you'll see it as, a, as a, almost like a, a dunce's hat, <laughs> a pinnacle above their head, you know, so it can be quite thick. So, so from everything from, from the lightest of, of, of yellow colours to the deepest orange, the, from, from the most intuitional to the most concrete way of thinking. So the orange around the head, when you see it, or, or, or sort of a, a yellow, you'll, for most of you, you'll have this type of deep yellow going towards light. Um, you have um, the colourings of, of the intellect, depending on whether the person's a very clear thinker spiritually or whether they're a very concrete materialist so those colourings will appear. If you see a little bit of violet there, especially around the eyes, you know that person's probably tripping. <laughs> uh, and uh, so these are the types of things you're looking for. Generally about the shoulders going down to the hands, you have this colouring here, the grey-green of adaptability. It's a type of selfish adaptability, and it's the most common of the auric colourings because most people have to live in this materialistic world. And it's the energy that allows you to live in, in what I call selfish materialism uh, easiest. And so most people around here in the streets and all that have a lot of this colouring, this, this grey-green colouring. And it's sort of like the, the colouring of, of many of the, the world's armies, the uniforms. <laughs> you know, some opt for the brown or light brown, but many opt for this green, this khaki green. And... and um, this is the, the, the selfishness of, of individuals um, adapting to this materialistic world, right? So most of us have this colouring, but we also have to adapt to materialism and live in this materialistic environment one way or the other. And so what I'm trying to point out to you is once, once you begin to understand the aura proper, you, you know, when you're looking at somebody's aura, it's basically the same, mostly. There's just sort of variations. You're, you're mainly looking at the, the general tone of the aura. The tone of the aura is very clear all the way through. That person is a high spiritual being and very loving being. If the colouring is basically murky all the way through, that person is into themselves, into sensuality, into, into um, selfish material pursuits. And it's just bang, bang. And it's very roughly that or that. Um, and the person's depressed and all of you can feel that depression energy, that depression aura around them is this very thick energy that they've built around themselves that it's very difficult to, to get them to break through. You actually have to throw light into their hearts or into their minds somehow to give them a good idea um, to break through and to uplift their auric substance to get them out of that depression that they're building around themselves. 
It's color of adaptability then it goes up to the hands and then the aura changes because people use their hands for many different things as I've already mentioned um, uh, healing the energy of healing and, and true healers like gardeners and gardeners are healers are healing plants and it's true energy of healing comes from the sun and from the plants and um, they generally have green on their fingers if a person's healing very, very clairvoyantly or psychically, they may also have different colours, like, like tinged with violet or something like that. The true healing colour is, is this green, this deep green. Um, yellow green over there, you might see that often in, in teachers. There'll be a band of that. Those people are teachers and very good at teaching people in you know, an educational institution or just general people also that are into healing a bit, um, into nature, that are sort of quite loving. They're, they're the genuine people that, that like to help people through teaching them this or that with their mouths and they're just generally good, good natured. This light green and the deeper green here is more compassionate understanding and more directly the healing energy. And then we go to the grace um, blue green. People are very devotional. Um, you'll see them in churches and synagogues and, and, and bowing before statues of the Buddha. These very, very devotional people, they always, um, I'll, do, I'll have my little bit of devotion now, you know, they light their candles and go to church every Sunday and always praying and, you know, very, very sincere people. Um, they often have around their aura this deep blue. And this deep blue just means that they're devotional. They don't have necessarily a great spiritual understanding of things but they they worship God or whatever and uh, that's the way they live and they have very strong sincere motives in their beliefs and so when you see that um, you'll find that that you know, is that type of devotional pe person no matter what religion uh, now this yellow orange color here is another common coloring but more or less emanates outside the aura it's a sort of a general tone that it's found more outside the aura and it's sort of like a bloating energy and it comes from the chest cavity from the heart center and this is pride and uh, and often you know I'll see it just this, this this beam of pride just sort of shoot out of a person sort of when they've accomplished something you know, it's sometimes quite quite easy to see sometimes not um, and the more red in the colour, the more intense the pride, the more light the the yellow-orange colour, and this is away from the head now, it's mainly from the chest cavity, um, the more light the yellow-orange, the, the more loving the pride, you know, sort of the type of person that that, 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 that is a little bit proud, you know, may have done a beautiful artwork or some nice music or something like that, and they have this, this pride, proudful emanation coming from them because of this thing that they've accomplished. It's not selfish or anything like that, it's just this this general sort of um, feeling of, of um, pride. If it's sort of tinged with, with, um, with green, this um, emanation of pride, a bit of green, then it's selfish pride. Uh, they're selfishly concerned with themselves and becomes more murky in colour. Uh, this particular colour over here, we've got, um, which is black with flashes of red, is anger, malice. When somebody's really sort of angry at somebody else or something and malicious. Um, then they send out these red lightning flashes at that person with black. Um, the more black and grey in the aura, um, the more evil and intent, the more selfish, the more spiteful, and, and those types of emotions. Um, always beware of black or grey, especially grey. Grey always means sickness, especially this brown colour. If I see brown in the aura, 
Um, and that's generally seen over in an organ. That means that person is very sick there. There's lots of bad energies there. And um, one automatically feels compassion and wants to help that person out. Um, so the, the black with, with flashes of red you'll always see, you know, whenever people are uh, having fights <laughs> and really you know, malicious at each other. Um, so watch out for that. And those flashes of red, they attack everything. Right, so it may be aimed at, at one person. I don't want to point, sorry, but <laughs> it may be aimed at one person. But um, but that energy goes out everywhere. Right, the person that's aimed at gets the brunt of it, and that person really feels it. You know, if you're being attacked by somebody who's malicious at you, you'll generally feel it here in the solar plexus, in the stomach, and you you know it just makes you feel bad. Um, but everyone in the room can be attacked by this energy, and you feel it's and you just basically want to turn your back and go into a quiet space somewhere, you know, away from, from people. So um, that's uh, another, this is the violet that indicates some psychic phenomena we've got there. Um, so grey, when you, dull white indicates uh, a lack of auric qualities. As those people, they may have some white in them, it means that they haven't developed themselves in that area, or in any area particular, so there's a bit of white of undevelopment. In really young children, you have quite a lot of this whitish colouring in their aura. It's still unformed. It's like an egg. It still hasn't been properly painted by, by the emotional, by the person. The greys um, always indicate fear as well. So you have the, the, the dulling of the senses. Uh, you, you have some of those really nasty types of qualities that people have... Um, uh, we we who deal with psychic attack and psychic phenomena do not like the grey at all. It's bad news when it's in people's auras. Bad news when when you're being attacked by it. It's um, it's psychological distortions of the truth. Uh, whenever the truth is distorted by people's emotions, and the emotions nearly always lie. Whenever you're emotional, you distort in terms of your emotions and to favour your emotions. Um, and people have to learn not to think emotionally, they have to actually learn to think of their hearts. And people often mistake um, emotional thinking with heartfelt thinking when it's the two are just totally opposite. Um, the heart is free from the emotions and always see the truth and will not distort. The heart is actually clear, cold reason. Right? There's not a tinge of emotion there, just straight perception of what is and what is not. It knows the truth and it speaks it. The emotions always colour with all this auric substance. And you understand that you see through your auric colourings. See, around you is all this auric substance that you created. And that's the, 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 the prism, the glass darkly through which you see. Well, I, um, the, the phrase is seeing through rose-coloured glasses. And these rose-coloured glasses, if it's actually rosy-coloured, and this is the colour of devotion, it means that um, everything that you see is tinged with devotion. And so you devote yourself to noble ideas and causes and all the rest of it without real thinking about it. Um, so sort of um, rose-colored glasses means that you're seeing through um, distorted perceptions. You don't see the reality. You see the object of your worship, the, the object that you worship. And it can be anything. It can be movie stars, idols, God, um, images of deity. It can be sort of hero images. Um, anything you worship, then you put these rose-coloured glasses on. You don't see the reality, and uh, we all know sort of you know the way. For instance, movie stars are, are worshipped and idolised by many in the public, and they all have this 
this, uh, these glasses on. Um, and sometimes, literally speaking, you actually see these little things <laughs> orically around, around people. But your aura is what you see through. So if your aura is murky, you see murkily. You don't see the truth. You see the distorted perception. Right? Whatever the basic colouring um, of your aura is, that's what tinges the way you think. And that's what um, is the basis of your reality. Your reality is your auric colouring that you see through. And so you have to learn to clean your aura to make it as clear as possible so that you can see the truth more clearly. <laughs>